Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. Ho, 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 ho. How's your evening going? I know why you're excited. I know. I know why you're excited. Graham Nash is on the show on Monday. I know. We, we're, we're thrilled to have him back, too. Other things have happened in the news, though, today. Other things have happened in the news in the last few hours. And so let's begin a very special night. This is Progress After Dark. I am John Fugelsang. Welcome to TME. Chris Hauselt's our executive producer out of South Carolina. Thea Harper is producing our show out of Brooklyn. We're so glad to have you with us. We have a lot to get to. We have a great show tonight. Professor Corey Brettschneider is going to be joining us. He had some things he probably wanted to talk about that we're not going to get to. Dr. Jason Nichols, the University of Maryland, is going to be joining us in hour number two. He had things he wanted to talk about we're probably not going to get to. Let's talk all about it. Let's do a show. <laughs> a lot of giggling tonight. A lot of giggling on cable news. Really interesting to see. As you guys know, for the first time, a former president has been indicted. I got to say this right off the bat. It's very important. Please don't just view this as the first U.S. president to ever be indicted. Please instead try to view it merely as Donald Trump's first indictment. OK, that'll make it a lot easier, guys, <laughs> make it a lot simpler because more of these are coming. This is just the first and they started with the weakest. So try to take a step back and view it in some kind of historic context. But for the first time, it's happened. He has been indicted. He will be walked through an arraignment in New York City next week. He will be fingerprinted. He will be photographed. I have never been so happy to welcome Donald Trump back to New York City. He will go to jail next week. It's nonviolent charges. This is about to reshape the 2024 elections and probably way beyond there. But as of 5.22 p.m. Eastern Time, earlier today, the 30th of March, I was in an elevator going up to a rehearsal in somebody's apartment in Times Square. And I checked my phone and saw the New York Times reporting a Manhattan grand jury has voted to indict Donald Trump, leaving an incredible mark on American history. And I'd like to congratulate the grand jury. Uh, finally, Donald Trump won the popular vote of something. Audible gasps could be heard in the Fox News studio as they first broke that the first former sitting president has been indicted. Now, the indictment itself has not been unsealed yet. We don't know what's there. We do know 
New York City DA Alvin Bragg has long been investigating Trump's payments to adult film star Stephanie Clifford, known to you lot as Stormy Daniels, to hide an affair in the 2016 campaign. Trump's lawyers told NBC earlier that Trump is expected to surrender in Manhattan next week. And I'm going to I'm going to say this again. He will be fingerprinted. He will be photographed. He will be read his Miranda rights like any other defendant. Alvin Bragg's spokesperson put out a statement officially this evening, saying this evening we contacted Mr. Trump's attorney to coordinate his surrender to the Manhattan DA's office for arraignment on a Supreme Court indictment, which remains under seal. Guidance will be provided when the arraignment date is selected. Again, that's DA Alvin Bragg, who Donald Trump this week called a Soros-backed animal and who he threatened. Subtly and not so subtly. Now, we don't yet know what he's charged with, but uh, over there on CNN, our old friend John Miller says it could be up to 34 different counts. Give a listen. And I am told by my sources that this is 34 counts of falsification of business records, uh, which is probably a lot of charges uh, involving each document, each thing that was submitted as a separate count um, in a couple of matters. Okay, 34. Again, this is questions. And this raises more questions than it answers, I think. Like, 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 for example, yesterday, former Trump Organization CFO Alan Weisselberg fired his Trump Organization lawyers. A lot of speculation is churning around now that Weisselberg may have flipped on Trump to avoid further charges in connection with the hush money payments probe. So is that any kind of coincidence with the timing of yesterday's shocking revelation and then today. Other questions. How bad will the right wing attack law enforcement? How hard will they try to blame this on trans people? That really the big question. Who's going to be the happiest about this? Michael Cohen, Ron DeSantis or Melania? Serious question. Who's 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 smiling the biggest tonight? Michael Cohen, Ron DeSantis or Melania Trump? It's a hard one. I know. Look, all I know is this. I don't know Alvin Bragg, but I'm pretty sure this man, who is a very smart guy, I'm pretty sure he would not expose his reputation to historic ridicule. I'm reasonably sure he wouldn't expose his entire family to death threats for a flimsy case. What we also know is Trump was not expecting this. He announced last week he was going to get indicted two Tuesdays ago, and he fundraised off it. It didn't happen. Last night... Here he is on Sean Hannity, like everything's fine. By the way, the ratings for Trump on Hannity, uh, not strong. Tucker got higher ratings for his show without Trump. But here's Trump boasting about his cozy relationship with some of the world's most horrible leaders. I got along with him great. Uh, Had I been president, he would have been much better off because he wouldn't have gone into Ukraine. But ultimately, he's going to take over all of Ukraine. She. Uh, a man I got along, again, I got along with him great until COVID came in. Uh, we would have been able to work together very well. I got, I made an unbelievable deal for our farmers and manufacturers where China was giving us $50 billion a year to our farmers and our manufacturers. Kim Jong-un. Yeah, not actually. Uh, again, got along with him great. People yeah. don't want to hear that. A lot of people say that's terrible to get along with him great. When somebody has nuclear weapons that can blow up the world, it's nice to get along. I got along with him great. Uh, meanwhile, on planet Earth, Donald Trump started a trade war with China and had to spend $28 billion in socialism to bail out American farmers. I mean, Trump was 
really caught off guard by this. Yesterday, he wrote on his filth social website, he had gained such respect for this grand jury and said this grand jury would not be a rubber stamp for Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. Instead, instead, for the millionth, zillionth, bazillionth time since Trump came down on his escalator in 2015, Donald Trump has brought more chaos to our politics. The right wing is outraged. Kevin McCarthy, who despises Donald Trump, said the American people will not tolerate this injustice and the House of Representatives will hold Alvin Bragg and his unprecedented abuse of power to account. No, you won't, because you have no power over the New York DA, you unholy knob, and he has an abused power. Um, Troy Nails, uh, who was a cop until he was thrown out, said Alvin Bragg just single-handedly secured Donald Trump the 2024 presidential election. Let's hope so, Troy. Let's really hope so, because Ron DeSantis is walking around to donors, including donors in New York City this week, saying he's the only Republican who can beat Joe Biden. Uh, Tom Tillis of North Carolina said the indictment doesn't pass the smell test, even though I don't know what he's smelling because no details of the charges have been issued yet. It's still under seal. Here's what you need to know. This 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 Stormy Daniels fraud charges. It's the most shocking case of fraud since the Trump Organization fraud last month, where he paid $1.6 million in fines, the Trump University fraud, where he paid $26 million in fines, or the Trump Foundation fraud, $2 million in fines. And look at all these angry white men who can't believe these accusations of a guy who's been on the grift his entire life. And real Americans know this is just an elaborate leftist hoax to make Trump commit more fraud. But let's look at the story. Look at the history of all of this really quick. Donald Trump was scheming to hide relevant information from voters in the days before the 2016 election. He and his lawyer pulled off a huge cover-up, and then he lied about his involvement in the cover-up. These are facts. It's not my opinion. In 2011, Stormy Daniels was giving a big interview for like 15 grand to Life and Style magazine. Uh, but then Trump and Michael Cohen bullied Life and Style into killing the story. They threatened them legally. And then Trump was working with Michael Cohen and the National Enquirer to, remember, catch and kill any negative stories about Trump. And under their catch and kill agreement, the National Enquirer promised to pay Stephanie Clifford, Stormy Daniels, like 120 grand to keep her story out of the news before the election. But they, they, David Becker, the publisher, had also just paid 150000 to another woman to protect Donald Trump. So Michael Cohen decided to go ahead and have this agreement with Stormy Daniels and pay her 127000 for her silence. Two weeks before Election Day, Stormy Daniels' attorney told Cohen he was canceling the deal and she was going to sell her story. So uh, they got scared. It was going to go public. And she could reveal that Trump was trying to buy her off. And had that happened, had the news come out in October of 2016, imagine how many Christians who were holding their nose over the grab by the pussy bit would have known this information and maybe, maybe 70,000, which is all the votes he won by across three states, would have done something different. But instead, Michael Cohen took $130,000 from his home equity credit line, put it into a shell company, paid off Stormy Daniels. They wouldn't use Trump's real name. He was called David Dennison. It was cover up, cover up, cover up. They tried to hide the reimbursement. Cohen submitted fake invoices to the Trump organization. Trump signed the checks because he's more stupid than he is evil. This was an effort to try to get around the democratic process. They were trying to trick the voters. It was campaign finance fraud because American voters have a right to know what you're doing and who you're paying to get a let. Look, if you run an ad, you've got to say who paid for the ad. 
If you spend money to help your campaign, you have to report it. It's pretty cut and dry. Is it the strongest case in the world? Hell no. It's just the first case. And these are the same facts for which Michael Cohen was convicted. The DOJ said Cohen acted in coordination with and at the direction of Donald Trump. The Federal Election Commission called it an illegal campaign contribution. Everyone who's outraged now at Trump for being indicted had nothing to say when Michael Cohen went to prison for the same exact case. So what does this mean for the Republican Party? I mean, these Republicans got to decide how are we going to do this? I mean, how are they going to play this? Asa Hutchinson has already said Trump should quit the race if he's indicted. That'll be ignored. So now they've got to figure out what the message is going to be, right? Like, how do you how do you do it? How do you try to sell to donors in the party that I'm the one, me, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, I'm the one who can do this now because he's a crook, while saying he's a victim who's completely innocent the whole time to get his unholy, deeply anti-democratic supporters to go by? I, I'm, it's another day to be glad you're not Republican. What's Rhonda doing? Well, uh, Rhonda is flipping out because Rhonda needs the MAGA voters and Rhonda hates Trump. Rhonda hates Trump as much as Rhonda groveled before Trump when he was running for governor of Florida. The weaponization of the legal system to advance a political agenda turns the rule of law on his head. The Soros-backed Manhattan district attorney, that's key there, Soros-backed. Uh, has consistently bent the law to downgrade felonies, blah, 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 blah. Florida will not assist in the next extradition request given the questionable circumstances with a Soros back, Soros back twice. If you're wondering what Soros back means in dog whistle speak, it means Jewy Jew, Jewy Jew, Jew Jew. By the way, Ron DeSantis says he won't help extradite Donald Trump to New York. But first off, Trump's just going to do it because he's going to fundraise off of it. Secondly, there's literally a clause in the Florida Constitution, Article 4, Section 2, the extradition clause that says Ron DeSantis bloody well has to. Soros backed in in Florida. It's a good thing there's no Jews that vote in that state. So Trump said this is political persecution and election interference at the highest level in history. And it's already helping me in the polls. He's not going to drop out of the race. We mentioned yesterday Quinnipiac showed that 62 percent of Americans viewed the Bragg case as being political, but 57 percent believe Trump should be disqualified from running if he's indicted. He doesn't care. He also doesn't care there's going to be another hush money payment the Playboy model, Karen McDougal, that's also going to be investigated as well. And I say, let him run. Please, indictment cannot stop him from running. A conviction can't stop him from running. And by the way, the indictment, it's going to make him more popular among his supporters because the diehard MAGAs don't care about law or morality. They care about what they perceive to be their tribe winning, and that's all. But what does it mean for the rest of the party? I mean, think about it. Donald Trump has led to the Republican Party in two years, losing the House, the Senate and the White House and having two impeachments. All that in two years. I mean, think about how badly the party has done with people in the suburbs since 2016. Think about how badly he hurt the Republican Party's chance to have the red wave and take the House by a sizable margin last fall. <laughs> Let him do it. Let him drive it into the ditch. Just remember... If you're a Donald Trump supporter, here's what you have to believe. You have to believe that he never had an affair with Stormy Daniels, but he did pay her six figures to be quiet. And you have to not mind that he lied to you about the payments. You have to believe that Donald Trump is a big, strong man who pays people to be quiet about sex that didn't happen. Okay. And you have to also have to believe everyone who's warned you about Donald Trump all along has been a liar. This indictment says one thing. The rule of law applies to everyone. And that's why it matters. 
We've always had kings in this country. I mean, yeah, Nixon had to resign. Bill Clinton got disbarred in Arkansas. But come on. Now you can indict an ex-president? Let's go after Bush and Cheney already. And by the way, one more thing you got to remember. Donald Trump wasn't indicted by Democrats. He wasn't indicted by Alvin Bragg. He wasn't indicted by New Yorkers or liberals. He was indicted by everyday normal citizens that were impaneled on a ground jury who heard evidence from both sides and eventually decided there was enough evidence to indict him. The grand jury. You finally won the popular vote of something, Donnie. It's going to be beautiful. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. We want to know what you guys think. Let's go for the phones right now. Maria in Texas. Hello and welcome to SiriusXM. Hello. Hi. Listen, yeah. I, I, went, I, I just got <laughs> back from, a, from an out-of-town work trip and I listen to you when I get a chance. And I'm Thank in you. the car and when I heard your voice, I could tell when you, you sounded so happy and giddy. I was like, not that you don't always do, but this was something different. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? I know I knew there was something you were going to say besides the regular My show, dear, you didn't know yet? Show, right? Oh, Maria, you didn't know yet? We got to be Santa and bring this to you? Listen, listen. I was not. I was in the hotel, right? And I made it a point, I think, to watch maybe 10 minutes of the news. I don't even know what I was watching because I was mm. in uh, Alabama. Mm-hmm. So, and I have been trying not to listen to the news. You know why? Because I said... You know, it may be a cold day today. Should be a cold day in hell because you know a lot of people did not really have faith, and yeah. that's what I said when I called. I was like, I don't know if I really have faith that it's going to happen. Part of me did not, but part of me did because because the other side and and Bragg and all the prosecutors, everybody on that side, they were silent, and that's how you do things. They did mm-hmm. it the right way. He's that's making true. all that noise. Trying to it. deflect and project Preach. before yep. things happen, right? You play a long he's game. Talking about, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get in the dotted too, but he's trying to prepare people, and they were silent and they were quiet. No, they're not going to play his game. That's how you play the game. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly right. Like you said the long game. Maria, and, you're so right. And by the way, this includes Merrick Garland as well, because don't tell me this wasn't done in coordination with the Department of Justice. Of course, it was. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. Merrick Garland was. And people were saying, what the hell is he doing? He's quiet. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. But when things happen like that, that's how you suppose. You're not supposed to show everybody your cards. That's right. Period. That's right. 
You got it, Maria. I completely agree. Thank you so much for the call. It's great to hear from you. Don't be a stranger. 866-997-4748. Hello to Victoria in California. Welcome. Hey, John. Um, Nice to talk to you tonight. Hi. So today's uh, news is historic and encouraging and sort of all of the emotions. But I found myself in some sort of weird time warp. When I was a little girl in Orange County, California, my parents were staunch Republicans. And I remember when the press, when Nixon was uh, resigning, my mother crying. And, you know, this guy did a bad thing. He, he, he broke a law. He never okay. paid for it. Mm-hmm. But this guy did so much worse of a thing. And yeah. maybe we'll pay for it. I don't know. Is it, does it bring up any, you're probably not old enough to remember Nixon, but does it bring up any weird shit for you? You know, I'm not old enough to remember Nixon, but I mean, I you know, for me, remembering Nixon is I used to see him at Shea Stadium at Mets games all the time when I was a teenager. And my my dad was a history teacher, so I was very, very deep into history. And I, I, I always learned a lot about Nixon. I always studied Nixon, studied Watergate. I mean, for me, you know, I, I, I just thought America pretends we don't have a king. But Nixon never really got in any trouble. He had to resign. I mean, but, you know, Watergate was a drop in the bucket next to Iran-Contra, and everyone got pardoned from that. I didn't think we could see a scandal worse than Iran-Contra in my life. And then there was the Iraq War. The only people to get fired for the Iraq War were Bill Maher and Brian Williams. So, you know, I I, I will confess to being a bit cynical about presidents ever being held accountable for crimes against humanity. And I do still think that Bush and Cheney were much worse than Donald Trump. And if you can indict Trump, you've got to go indict Bush and Cheney on behalf of all the souls who were taken from us because of their lies. But for now... I mean, it's amazing to see it. It's amazing to be alive for such an historic moment. And I, the only reason I'm happy about it is because I I don't think he's ever going to jail. I don't care if he ever goes to jail. I just feel like there's going to be a lot more indictments coming down. There will be more. And so you do kind of agree, though, that because of what happened with Nixon, it's gotten worse and worse and worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, when Ford pardoned Nixon, that set the stage for all of this corruption. And it set the stage for Bush and Cheney to know they could walk away clean, for the Iran-Contra criminals to know they could walk away clean, and for Trump to believe it, too. So I feel like, you know, we're we're exercising the ghosts of Gerald Ford's pardon just a little bit. And it's amazing to witness. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Hey, thanks a lot, John. Thank you so much. 866-997-4748. Sean in California, how are you, sir? Hey, brother. Well, I'm doing pretty good today. You know, I I have to say, you know, the grand jury actually uh, did something right and indicted the grand wizard. And we don't (laughs) know. The grand venereal wizard. That's what I call him. There you go. (laughs) Yes. And the thing of it is, is you said it perfectly, is no one knows. Is this one indictment? Is this multiple? We don't know. So my my main thing, though, is this making America great again? I mean, come on. I mean, are we actually going to be going towards that uh, making America great again? And I got to give my homeboy, Joe, uh, credit for that one because I didn't come up with that one. But I thought that's perfect because, uh, you know, that's all we hear about from these fools is that America was great when, it was, when we're screwing up, taking away women's rights, taking away yeah. freedoms from people. And all of a sudden that's great. But you know what really is great is if our justice system actually does its job and and does the right things. And by the way, I think you hit on it is that I think Mr. Bragg duped Donald bin Laden to, you know, these interviews he was doing. Mm -hmm. Because remember, Donald bin Laden came out and said, I'm going to be indicted. Maybe his attorney told him that or whatever. 
So he got duped there. No, 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 not quite the opposite. His attorney didn't tell him that. Donald Trump just announced it. And Alvin Bragg's office said in their in their letter to the uh, to Congress, they said this was an arbitrary date he made up and he fundraised off of it. He made a buck off it. Like he's going to make a buck off of this. You guys all had to pay taxes for the security that had to be put up. And so then all of a sudden you hear this. Nothing's going to happen this week. So Alvin Bragg. I'm not saying he did this because I don't have any facts, but it wouldn't surprise me if he just gave you the big middle finger and said, watch me just kind of put it out there. Nothing's going to happen this week. And then, boom, let Donald Trump go on all these Fox Boobs radio stations and put out his crazy ass crap about how he loves the grand jury. (laughs) That's right. You know, I mean, look, I think this is a good step. You know, I say it's about fucking time. I want there to be more consequences, but not just consequences. I want indictments and then let the juries decide. And, um, you know, this is a good day for, um, you know, country because a guy and he hasn't been indicted for the main thing yet. I mean, That's he right. tried to take down the entire country well, and he, uh, turn us into a. He may be indicted for that, and he'll probably be indicted for the documents he stole, and he'll probably be indicted for his election fraud committed in the state of Georgia. This is just beginning, just getting started. Absolutely. And if I may, if I may, can I just can I just before we hit the break, can I just hand it over? Because I I, there's so much I want to say about what's to come with future indictments. But I really think my close personal friend, Kim Guilfoyle, really said everything that needs to be said when she spoke very loudly to a completely empty Republican National Convention in 2020. Kim, how do you feel about today's indictment and uh, future indictments? Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. (laughs) Thank you for the call, Sean. (laughs) We have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Professor Corey Brettschneider again. If you're just joining us, Donald Trump has been indicted on criminal charges. This is the first time criminal charges have ever been levied against an actor from the film Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. We'll be right back. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Boy, I'm always happy anytime Professor Corey Brettschneider joins us on this show, but I'm really happy now. In a week that began with so much tragedy that's now ending with 
the possibility of some form of justice, there's few people I'd rather talk to. Professor Brett Schneider, of course, uses his politics PhD from Princeton and his law degree from Stanford to enrich the lives of students in the poli-sci department at Brown University. You may have read Corey's stuff in Politico, the New York Times, or Time. Get his book, The Oath and the Office, A Guide to the Constitution for Future Presidents. It should be a textbook that all Americans are required to read, starting with Congress. Also, check out Corey's Penguin Liberty series books on free speech, impeachment, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg's most notable cases. Professor Brett Schneider, welcome back. Thanks, John, and uh, what a night to be talking. It's a historic night. I, I think I'm cautiously optimistic a good night for the country in the long term. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. I was all planning on discussing the Second Amendment and what's going on in Israel with you tonight, Corey. So yeah. let's let's try to put it in a little bit of context. Unconfirmed reports from our friend John Miller on CNN says there could be up to 34 counts levied against the former star of Home Alone 2. My, my big thing, Corey, is this. I, I really believe that Alvin Bragg, who is um, the first New York City DA to not be a white Ivy League kid, I don't think he would have done this unless he had an airtight case. I don't think he would have exposed himself or his family to the living hell that's going to be coming at them now unless he had something pretty solid. Fair to say? Absolutely. I mean, you know, he's not an idiot. He knows that this is not just national, international news. The whole world is watching this. There's never been a a sitting or former president indicted. You don't do that unless the evidence is really airtight. Now, you know, the charges are, as we've talked about, not nearly as serious as they are in the other cases. It's not inciting an insurrection, as in the Department of Justice investigation. It's not um, possible violation of the Espionage Act. And as in Georgia, it's not um, the, uh, you know, the, the directly attempting to steal votes in front of all of our, uh, I was going to say our our eyes, we listen to that tape, uh, our ears. Um, But that said, it's a serious charge. It's a, I think, as we'll talk about, a minor felony that we're talking about. And he just must have evidence that is so strong. Otherwise, why bring this case? And by the way, just on that same point, it's not just his decision at this point. The grand jury is an independent institution of citizens. And, um, you know, they have a a requirement that the charges be quite serious uh, to to uh, to to move forward with an indictment. So that's an independent judgment. They don't work for the district attorney. They could turn back and they're aware of the seriousness of what's happening, too. And and I just don't believe uh, that they'd go along with it if it wasn't airtight, as you said. I have to believe that as well. But I, I, I guess. You know, I don't even know where to begin with the case. What what shocked me consistently is that everyone seems to have forgotten that Michael Cohen went to jail for this case already, Professor. Right. Like, not for a case like this, not for a similar crime. This very case, we've called Donald Trump an unindicted co-conspirator for years over this. That's right. And now, finally, people are acting surprised that it happened. I mean, there's so much to unpack and so much surprise. It really does seem like Donald Trump thought this was not going to happen. He had fundraised off his lie that he was being indicted two Tuesdays ago. When that didn't happen, he was going on Fox News last night bragging the Hannity about all the dictators he's friends with. 
I mean, what happens next? Obviously, we're going to be hearing a lot of firsts. He is going to be fingerprinted. He is going to have a mugshot. Uh, we've discussed this before, Professor. You don't see him actually ever doing any jail time, right? What What might this look like a couple of months down the road? You know, I'm not sure about that, John. I think, you know, in some ways, of course, it's such an incredible thought, the, a former president going to prison. But, you know, if they get him on the felony, which is very possible, I, I think that is likely what they're doing here, that it's not just about uh, falsifying the business records, but it's in furtherance of a more serious crime, which is the evasion of either campaign finance laws, uh, national or state, or possibly uh, evading um, tax reporting requirements. Those are charges that could carry serious jail time, serious pr- prison time, I should say. And, uh, you know, I don't see why not. If you're going to move forward with the indictment, um, it, it very well could be, and I don't see Trump, you know, pleading this out, that uh, that's what he's looking for. Now, you know, their plea bargaining is, is the main way the system works. So it could be that as the evidence comes Forth. And even as the trial is progressing, that he would take some sort of deal. There was a deal with the president of Israel, Katsov, uh, who was accused credibly of uh, sexual assault and I believe rape. And the That's final right. result of that was a deal that was made that, that he would step down from the presidency. That, that was a monumental moment in, in the history of Israel. Maybe something like this, uh, that could happen. But just to open your possi- the possibility of of jail time, that president wound up going back on the deal and uh, in the end stood trial and was convicted and served time in prison. Significant number of years is out now, but uh, served for years in prison. So think of other countries, too, you know, some less justified Mm -hmm. than that one. Lula in um, Brazil, of course, was uh, not just indicted, but convicted and, and served time in prison. Former presidents in other countries do go to prison. I think it's our own lore, our own mystique of the presidency that we've held it up so high that we think it's impossible. And, you know, to my mind, that's the biggest myth that we have to crush. Presidents are not above the law. Correct. The president should be treated no differently than Michael Cohen. That injustice that you mentioned is intuitive. And Michael Cohen went to jail, to prison. I, I don't see why Trump shouldn't as well. So let me ask you some dumb questions about what's going to happen next. I began the show by saying, you know, next week he's going to be fingerprinted. He's going to be photographed, uh, probably won't be handcuffed. But but that is a possibility. I think this might be the first time ever, though, that they've they've booked somebody with Secret Service protection at the side (laughs) of the person who's being arraigned. I mean, we should expect a, a lot of firsts here historically. But when might we expect to know what these charges are? They're still sealed, and that could be the case for quite a while, couldn't it, Professor? Yeah, it's uh, you know up to the district attorney of when to unseal that indictment. But you know, uh, to my mind, you know there are different forms of indictment. Sometimes they're quite elaborate, sometimes not. But in this case, where there's a conspiracy uh, that's um, to evade campaign finance laws, that's what I suspect's in it. We might get quite a narrative. So the district attorney might release the unseal the indictment with the thought of teaching the American public about what what he's doing. You know, he I think he's focused on the case, but he's not naive. He knows that there's a danger here that if people think this really is a political prosecution, that they'll uh, public opinion will go against him. There could be unrest, 
And he's got an obligation, as do all of us, to look at the evidence and, and also inform the public. This is uh, no longer um, a secret proceeding. The indictment is there, and he's got the ability to, un- to unseal it. And I think he should uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I, I don't know if you will. It certainly seems that they've been taking their time on this and been very methodical. Um, Corey, it's reasonable to assume that this was coordinated with the Department of Justice and that Merrick Garland is involved in this announcement in some way, right? You know, I was hoping that, and I think we were talking last week about the fact that there's certainly no ethics requirement that they uh, um, that they not coordinate, and it seems sensible. I mean, my hope was going to be that this indictment, which is the weakest, as I said, would be rolled out after uh, mm. indictments in the other cases, but, but that's not happening, and I'm not exactly sure what the rush was. One thought is it might be the statute of limitations that uh, he was running up mm. against. Um, but, uh, you know, there's no requirement, on the other hand, that they coordinate their separate sovereigns is the way lawyers often talk about it. Um, you know, the federal government on the one hand and local and state government on the other. And the district attorney has the ability to act as he sees fit. And so it could be that behind the scenes, Garland said, don't do it or wait. Right. And uh, he did it anyway. And let's not forget, this whole case exists because the Department of Justice dropped the ball in the Michael Cohen case. There should have been an indictment in my opinion, of Trump right there, and he failed to do it. And that's the only reason why it's left to a local district attorney to uh, try to seek justice where the federal government failed to do so. Totally fascinating. So, so I mean, Corey, there's a very good chance then we, would, we might know what the 30 counts related to business fraud in this indictment are after Trump is arraigned next week, right? I mean, we, we could know by, by this time in a week from now. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a, a good way to think about the question of unsealing the indictment, that if they were to arraign him and bring him in and give him the perp walk that he seems to keep asking for, it's going to be pretty weird to not know what's in that indictment. So I think that that, that it would be unsealed by that time that, um, you know, justice and prudence and transparency suggest that that would be the thing to do. Chris just asked, will Trump get swabbed? I, I let him know that the escort charges more for that. Oh, you mean the E. Jean Carroll case? I'm so sorry, Chris. I was confused. Um, but it's it's possible. Uh, you know, I don't know if other cases will be able to nibble on this one. It just seems to me, Corey, you know, I, I keep saying I don't care if he ever goes to jail. I don't think he ever will go to jail. I know you don't think he will either. But this is really just the beginning. That's that's what I keep coming back to. There will be more indictments. This one is considered the most flimsy. And yet, if it's 30 counts, they got to have something good, right? I think what the 30 counts is, I mean, this might be dis- disappointing if you're looking for things to uh, feel optimistic about. I think, frankly, what the 30 counts are, are 30 instances where um, not 30 different charges or 30 different you know, kinds of crimes, but related to the business records, 30 entries or 30 reports that are different. So think of like, um, uh, you know, credit card fraud. Uh, they would charge for each time that there was a, a fake charge on that credit card. Right. Uh, each of those um, would be a count. And so I think that's what's going on here. By the way, uh, just breaking news, Donald Trump, as in said on his own social media site, uh, Filth Social, that he's been indicated. 
Yes, he's been indicated <laughs> today. That. He has announced it, so at least we know he's writing his own posts. Um, <laughs> Corey, <laughs> you know, l- let me let me just ask you to take your professor hat off for a second. How how do you feel about this? I mean, we've talked about this so much over the years. Yeah. How do you just feel as an American today, yeah. hearing that they've actually done this? I mean, yeah. all the presidents who didn't get indicted, and and I said earlier in the show, it's almost like they're they're exercising the ghosts of Gerald Ford's Nixon pardon. Yeah. What, what's yeah. in your mind? What's in your heart, sir? Yeah, I mean, I feel um, like justice is finally being vindicated, not just after the disaster of the Trump presidency, but the disaster of the Nixon presidency that we never came to terms with. And I, I do have a sort of visceral feeling of relief that the problem with the presidency is um, that it really is seen as above the law for all the talk of that phrase that, it, that it's not, and that the president's power in foreign relations, head of the military, makes whoever occupies that office a kind of royal figure. And right. what a disaster that's been, as we've seen the kind of people that do occupy the office, uh, Trump most recently, Nixon um, before that. And we've got to, you know, I feel relieved, frankly, that we're going to stop deifying um, these people and to start recognizing that they're humans. And if they <laughs> commit crimes like everyone else, we should be treated the same way. And, uh, I hope so. you know, I'll say something, too, which is that the you know, four years during Trump, I I just felt myself so frightened for the country that such a madman was there. And, you know, you could dismiss him as a comic book character, but he had the nuclear code. He had Correct. the uh, control of 2.5 million members. He, of the he appointed judges for four military. years. Appointed terrible yeah. judges for four years straight. That's right. Yeah. And that's we see his legacy, you know, every week. When we talk. So, yes, relief, I would say uh, that finally, you know, it's also I'm slightly worried, too. I don't want this to be the only of the indictments. I think that wouldn't be justice uh, to to have an indictment on this relatively minor charge and to ignore the fact that this guy inspired an insurrection and that he uh, tried to cheat openly in the election and that he possibly committed espionage. I mean, all of those things are just so much greater than what we're talking about. And so if it's just this, I think that's the other side of how I'm feeling. And I have a kind of worry that, uh, you know, that justice won't be done because this is yeah. certainly not the full full accounting that we need. Before we hit our break, Professor, I, I just want to say we were talking a bit last week about what was going on in Israel. And I know right now it seems very far away, as does the atrocity that was committed in Nashville this week. But I, I, I wanted to ask you how you feel about what we saw in terms of just civilian resistance and, and to see Netanyahu back down. It does appear like the backing down is only temporary. But what are your thoughts on uh, the citizen action we've seen? You know, it's encouraging that, that, you know, I'm always preaching the need for all of us to stand up to in, injustice. And sometimes that feels hollow, like, what are you going to do? against a uh, you know, criminally-minded prime minister in that case who is willing to do anything, including destroy the judiciary to escape his fate, which is also potentially a criminal indictment. And yet it worked. And uh, just when you thought, no way is it going to work, no way is that guy going to back down, he, he did back down. Now, right, it might be temporary. You don't want to get too excited. But it certainly is a victory. And so uh, go democracy. It's so on the run. But uh, yeah. it's enemies. Uh, right now are, are being pushed back temporarily at least. 
I mean, I, I don't know what it would take for McDonald's to shut down in America for democracy. I can't I can't imagine American <laughs> McDonald's doing that. But when I heard, my God, McDonald's shut down to protest this in Israel, that's just yeah. a level of civic engagement. I, it's like sci-fi to me. Yeah, and his own Secretary of Defense and members of the military. And, you know, let's just be really blunt about what's going on here. Members of the military reservists who are refusing to report to work thought, you know, there's not going to be a judicial check on human rights abuses. We could be ordered to destroy civilian villages, and who's going to come and say, don't do that, or who's going to help us if we refuse to do it? So that's where you really saw the, the frightening level of, um, of danger that Netanyahu was, uh, was, was posing. And look, there are some members of that government who are so far on the right that they're talking in in mass murder, genocidal terms, and they were right to worry. And uh, You're right. they did the right thing. They fought back, and uh, they had some, at least, temporary success. Professor, it is always a pleasure to have you on. I've been so looking forward to this. I look forward to discussing this with you as the case evolves. I bet we'll have a lot more news next week. Everybody follow Corey at Brett Schneider C on the socials. Corey, we'll talk to you very soon. Thank you so much for joining us. Quick break. We'll be right back with your calls at 866-997-4748. Thank you, Professor Brett Schneider. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, Donald Trump has been indicted for the first time. That's the only headline you need to know. It's just the first one, but it is a major moment in history. It's the first time we've ever seen an indictment served against a star of the film Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. It's the first time anyone, I think, from the Celebrity Apprentice has been it. Well, we'll get to that. Right now, I'm so pleased to welcome Dr. Jason Nichols back to our show. He's an award-winning full-time senior lecturer in the African-American Studies Department at the University of Maryland at College Park. You may have seen or read Dr. Nichols anywhere from The Guardian to Al Jazeera to Fox News to The Hill. He's always on Newsmax, MSNBC, Al Jazeera English. We are always blessed to welcome Dr. Jason Nichols back to the show, even on a slow news day like this. Hello, sir. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. Thank Hi. you for having me. 
I, I don't know where to begin, Jason. I was so excited to talk with you about, you know, Disney and Ron DeSantis, because that was going to be the big story of the day. Um, are you surprised at this indictment, Professor? Are you surprised to actually that it happened? Alvin Bragg certainly gave every indication he was going away for a month. <laughs> well, um, I, I really wasn't surprised. I thought it was going to happen at some point. I think Trump's prediction, he was just throwing stuff out there to get people riled up, maybe uh, interfere a little bit in, in the, you know, also he get was, those donations. Absolutely. He was fleecing him. He, he, him was, right now. he made a million bucks off that last week, off of lying that he was being indicted last Tuesday. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think also uh, he thought maybe the the uproar that he could cause could disrupt the the case against him that, yes. you know, he knew that there were going to be death threats against Alvin Bragg. There were going to be all these security concerns and maybe it was going to shake up some of the grand jury members. I, I think it was honestly this coordinated, you know, effort to kind of muddy things up. He knew the media was going to be behind him. Um, so I, I think that that was kind of his game plan. It didn't work. And and this has been a long time coming. This is one of the things that people need to recognize is that this all started under Cy Vance. This That's was right. this is a long time coming. This is not something that Alvin Bragg, you know, because they're always like the Soros uh, you know, funded guy, Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg always Soros. We never we never hear a Republican say the Sheldon Adelson funded. We always right. hear the George Soros funded. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, so, the, you know, they were just trying to, uh, you know, kind of muddy the waters, intimidate people. And, you know, again, this is this has been his playbook is this is going to cause violence. This is going to cause, you know, somebody's going to do something if you indict me. And, you know, That's Alvin true. Bragg, you know, called this bluff. He went through and, you know, a 30 indictment, you know, it's like 30 charges on this indictment. Yep. Um, it seems like he has some serious, serious evidence. You don't charge people, you know, uh, give them 30 charges unless you've got some paper. This is not all based on uh, one person's word. It's not based on. Uh, Michael Cohen. I mean, Michael Cohen is is a big player in this, but I'm sure he also provided tons of documentation. This is a yep. document piece, and That's this is right. what we remember. And again, we we have to remember someone's already gone to jail for this exact case, not this crime, not this exact case. Donald Trump right. has been an unindicted co-conspirator in this felony for a long time. Now, you know, look, we've talked about it, doctor. I, I've been very, very concerned about it. I thought, hey, it's going to be too weak. We keep hearing these inside scoops that it's too weak and they're afraid that it'll only help Trump and that this will backfire and help all the other indictments. You know, the same kind of mentality. But if Hillary loses, they'll never vote for a woman. A woman can never run for president again. You know, it, it just seems like this man would not have exposed his family to a year of death threats unless he was very, very certain they had a tight case. Yeah, I, I think, you know, they went through the grand jury process. You know, he didn't just go out there and try to charge someone. He went through a process. The grand jury decided that these uh, were criminal offenses. My, my fear, I do have some concerns. Please. Whether you will find 12 Americans who will be willing to convict Donald Trump of a crime um yeah. that that's you know you got to remember he had 75 million americans who voted for him 
despite all of the things he said and did. That's right. Uh, all of the times he said that he would punish a woman who tried to get an abortion. The, all right. all of those crazy things that he said, the, you know, the banning Muslims, uh, yeah. you know, all of that, it didn't matter. 75 million Americans still went out and voted for him. So can you find 12 Americans who even, in, you know, they don't have to be against them. I hope they're not against them. I hope that they give them a fair trial. Um, me too. And he gets a fair trial. And to me, I think anybody else, I, don't, I haven't seen the evidence, but this is probably an open and shut case. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's probably clear wrongdoing here. But, um, you know, I think he's going to get a lot of benefit of the doubt because of who he is. He's, he's a very powerful man. Oh, of course. I mean, he gets the benefit of the doubt from people who aren't swayed by things like facts and empirical evidence. But, you know, I, I want to ask you about the political fallout from this, because it, we're, we're now witnessing a very, very awkward phenomena on the right. And it's going to continue after this indictment, which is going to be congressional Republicans and, and governors rallying to Trump's defense, even though they hate him. And we're going to see a lot of politicians who really, really want Donald Trump to go away so they can have Ron DeSantis. And now they're forced to defend this man they hate. I mean, I mean, Ted Cruz hates him. You know, Kevin McCarthy hates him. And they're now forced to be on his side. It's going to be very interesting seeing how long this loyalty lasts. Yeah, well, I think Ron DeSantis, I think Ted Cruz uh, hates Trump, but he's deathly afraid of Trump's base. And yeah. we've seen him say things, you know, he said things about January 6th and immediately apologizes. And, I, and you know, I interviewed Ted Cruz once and I, I wish I had asked him or said to him that that's why you'll never be president. I mean, there are many reasons why you'll never be president. But one of the reasons you will never be president is because Donald Trump would never apologize. <laughs> you know, he says what he means. He means what he says. And even when he was saying stuff that was unpopular in, you know, 2021, when he was talking about how he took the vaccine and that he was pro-vaccine and he was taking credit for that, that wasn't popular on the right. He was getting booed in some places. And you know what? He never backed down off of it. He yeah. never apologized. He has chutzpah that, you know, and, and I don't want to give Donald Trump too much credit, but he has chutzpah that people like those spineless Republicans don't have. And mm -hmm. that's why he's he's going to win that primary again, you it know, unless like they it. lock him up. He's going to beat Ron DeSantis because DeSantis doesn't have the guts. DeSantis right now is like, oh, we're not going to extradite Trump and we're going to you know, he's acting like he's Trump's friend right now. Mm -hmm. um, and he doesn't have the guts to stand up and say, well, you know, maybe he did it. That's what I mean, Trump but, Yeah. Last week, DeSantis was being passive aggressive in a sit down with Piers Morgan. The week before that, he was talking about paying off porn stars, paying off porn stars, trying to see how much he could get away with. But the newest survey, uh, the Marquette University survey came out yesterday, finds Trump has doubled his lead since February, and he's now up by 30 points over Ron DeSantis. Last month, he was only up by 15 points. I mean, no one else is hitting double digits in these polls anymore. And so it, it, it seems like, once again, it's Trump's to blow. And DeSantis is already having a pretty bad week. Let, can we just talk briefly about Disney? Sure. I mean, DeSantis <laughs> has been walking around strutting, beating up Disney. 
because Disney committed this crime of not being as cruel to trans children as he wants them to be. Uh, and so they've been making such a hay out of taking away Disney's special district, special voting district in the state. Uh, DeSantis has got a big surprise about that this week, didn't he? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, you know, DeSantis is one of those guys. He's a is he a Harvard guy or a Yale guy? I can't remember. But either way, he's one of those guys who walks in a room and thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Um, yeah. And of course, Disney is kind of savvy and has some smart people that work for them too. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. they figured out a way to outmaneuver him before this new, you know, uh, you know, uh, board that he created got in, they they made a deal with the old board in order to uh, control that area for 30 years. Oh, a lot longer than that. A lot longer than that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, what, what's going to happen, you know, um, they're going to try and sue um, and they're going to get, you know, probably some friendly judgments in Florida because we know how Florida judges are. But I'll tell you this, it's going to go up the chain. And I think, you know, Disney probably signed something that was airtight because oh, it's yeah. Disney. Disney I mean, knows contracts. The um, day before, the day before yeah. Florida lawmakers are voting to create a new board overseeing Disney. The I, I love it. The old board passed this agreement that I guess essentially Dr. Neuters the whole new agreement because their their agreement is that it's going to be in effect until 21 years after the death of the last survivor of King Charles. Right now, um, the, the youngest one is Princess Lilibet, uh, who's one. So uh, they've got to wait till 21 years after she's dead if no one else ever comes along. I mean, Disney yeah. seems to have just completely outsmarted Ron DeSantis on this. And now on top of it, this business. Yeah, I mean... Uh, again, I, I think Disney has you know, some smart people that work for them and they realized what was coming and they figured out uh, how to outmaneuver Ron DeSantis and outmaneuver some of the people that work for him. Um, and, you know, far be it for me to ever cheer for a mega conglomerate corporation like Disney. But in this particular case, I was kind of like, OK, Disney, you know, I'm. For the first time, I might be kind of with you on this one, uh, because Mm. what Ron DeSantis is doing is actually not going to benefit the people of Florida. It's not going to benefit the people uh, in that Orlando area uh, where Disney World is located. And, and, uh, you know, it's it's really not helping the people of Florida. Uh, It's all this culture war because of, you know, hey, we like to beat up on trans families or families with trans kids. Um, and that's, you know, under, you know, so unfortunate. And I'm glad that Disney kind of outmaneuvered him here. Well, l- let me ask you about that, because it's a good week for transgender hate. And now we're witnessing these attempts on the right to connect gun violence, not to guns, not to the easy accessibility of guns designed to kill lots of people really fast. But they're now trying to connect gun violence to transgender people after the shooting in Nashville. Even though, as you know, Dr. Transgender people are rarely the perpetrators of mass shootings, overwhelmingly mass shootings are carried out by cisgender men, mostly white, according to all criminal justice experts. Um, And trans people are three times more likely to be victims of violence than cisgender people. But the facts don't matter to this bubble, do they? They have a narrative, and I'm I'm waiting to find out how they're going to blame trans people for Trump's indictment. 
Right, exactly. You know, it's it's this whole thing of, you know, and, and it's funny, they, they argue so much for guns and everybody should have the right to have a gun. Um, something and, and I like I'll tell you, I, I'm not anti-gun. I'm I'm me neither. I'm I'm not an anti-gun guy. I, I'm a gun owner myself. Um, but I don't think everybody should have one. And I definitely don't think everybody should carry one. And I can tell you, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis is out there trying to make it, you know, uh, to pass permitless carry. He's going to sign right. that bill, you know, where you don't even have to get a permit and you can sit there and carry a loaded firearm. That is not going to make people safer. That just mm-hmm. makes the whole place a whole lot more dangerous. Um, <sighs> and I think the people that are that are most in danger because of that are going to be African-American people and African-American men. But that aside for a second, you know, one of the things that they're saying is this person was, uh, you know, what had a mental illness because they're trans and yeah. people who are, you know, mentally ill shouldn't have guns, which kind of goes against their whole no regulations on gun ownership. It's just kind of flies in the face of their own argument. But first of all, if they're talking about gender dysphoria, not all trans people have gender dysphoria. I'm going by the APA. Mm-hmm. This is what the yeah. APA says. Not all trans people have gender dysphoria. And even if Correct. you want to include the ones who do have trans, who do have gender dysphoria, what do we know about gender dysphoria? Does it cause violence? No. <laughs> you know, nowhere in the symptoms of, of gender dysphoria does it say that that is something that causes violence. Self-harm, you know, occasionally, but, you know, uh, that they would go in and harm other people. That's not Nope. part of gender dysphoria no so correct you're taking you want to disarm people who are the most likely in our society to face violence when your whole argument is hey this is about protecting myself criminal you know keeping criminals away you want to disarm the most vulnerable amongst us for uh to violent crime and then you want to you say that you don't want regulations, but then you want regulations against people with mental illnesses uh, and the mental illness that we're talking about in this particular case is not a violent one. Um, you're OK with Herschel Walker having a gun that he points at women and you know, and says he wants to use on a police. That's fine. You, you're, not, you're not trying to come in and strip his guns, but you want to take guns away from trans people. But that's that. But that's just what Hitler did. Right. Hitler literally relaxed gun control laws for all Germans. The Weimar Republic was much more liberal, had much more tight gun legislation. Hitler relaxed gun regulations for everyone except that one minority group he didn't like. For right. them, there was gun control. And so we're seeing just, I, I, again, I don't like comparing them to Hitler because I sound like a Nazi, but uh, that's exactly what they're doing. It's fascism 101. And this this year, to your other point, doctor, we're not even one quarter of the way through 2023 yet, but already in less than three months of this year, Kentucky, Ohio, Nebraska, Texas, and Virginia have have been pushing to limit gun-free zones, to get rid of background checks, and to roll back the red flag laws that help remove guns from people who are a danger to themselves or others. Missouri last year had this measure that made it illegal for local cops to cooperate with federal authorities in a lot of gun investigations. Uh, a judge earlier this month struck that down as constitution unconstitutional, but in 25 states now, 25 states, no permits are required 
to carry a handgun. That's nine more than existed in 2020. So essentially, they're coming out and demonizing trans people while at the same time fighting so hard to make mass kill machines accessible for just about anyone, regardless of their mental state. Uh, Absolutely. 98% of mass shootings, and I I don't have any any data on school shootings, but I I think it's probably even more, but 98% of mass mass shooting is is when four four or more people are shot. So um, 98%. Are by cisgender males, you know what I mean. So we're we're not talking, you know. But yet you want to make it seem like it's after one shooting, and I think there have been like two or three in the last five years. But one shooting by a trans person, and now the the goal is to disarm trans people and yeah. to you know blame mass shootings on trans people and say, until it's forgotten. Until it, until it's forgotten. I mean, after the indictment today, Jason, this whole narrative of theirs could be forgotten by tomorrow because they never mean it. The American right wing, and you know this, they say what they have to say to get through one news cycle. We need more funding for mental health. And then it's forgotten a day later. And of course, they're talking about we can't have the nanny state being in charge of health care. Again, they just say what they have to say until the cameras go away. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's whatever they they can do to appease uh, their donors at the NRA. And, you know, to uh, make sure that they don't piss people off on Twitter, you know, and and that's the most frustrating thing for me. You know, I'm looking at this and, you know, I'm I'm in the media. I do a lot Mm -hmm. of media, a lot of TV, um, do a lot of podcasts and blah, blah, blah. But it's frustrating that I see these people governing in order to have a viral moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they don't believe anything. Like they don't have any kind of even real convictions. It's all, you know, let's pull somebody who I can try and dunk on in some BS investigation. That's it. So I can get a viral moment that goes viral on Twitter and people will pat me on the back <laughs> or it. I can, you know, I can get a Fox News hit. Yeah, it's either going to be viral on Twitter or Tucker will air it tonight. That's what the hilarious thing about last week's TikTok hearings were. It was all a bunch of people dunking on TikTok because they were praying they'd get a viral video out of it. Exactly. Exactly. That's totally it. You know, and it's and it's really a shame. Um, You know, let us media heads to try to do that kind of stuff not people who actually govern you know what i mean You're like right. that's really frustrating to me i mean it's it's really sad um that people aren't devoted to public service their public service is let me dunk on somebody in a in some investigation uh we saw lauren bobert tried to do it the other day to somebody was great with the public <laughs> urination was that great, was that awesome. great? oh yeah no that was great and, and you know, she thought she was being tough and she didn't have her facts right. Well, she's got a really bad staff and she throws them under the bus, too, because whenever she time. makes a mistake, it's her staff. But again, her staff has a really bad boss as well, because <laughs> I mean, I imagine probably. Yeah, they probably have a worse boss than than uh, she has a staff, but maybe they deserve each other. L- let me ask you about something that Lauren Boebert and the fascists won't be endorsing. Uh, you know, low wage U.S. workers have benefited a bit from this really strong job market. Since 2019, we've seen 18 million workers pay, go above $15 an hour. 
we've seen 16 million workers have their pay rise above $20 an hour. Now, obviously, if you rose, if you raise the minimum wage, it would really help to lock in those gains. And we're beginning to see for the first time these pro-labor forces in California, Massachusetts, New York that have been pushing $15 minimum wage. Well, now uh, post COVID and post inflation, we're really beginning to see the movement, a serious movement to boost minimum wages to $20 an hour. Now, if the minimum wage had kept up with inflation since the late 60s, I think it would be over $25 an hour right now. But how do you feel about this? I think it's great that they're swinging for the fences and going big and maybe fighting for the $20 minimum wage as the way to compromise on the $18 minimum wage. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I discussed this this earlier and, and in particular, New York and California. And, you know, you're in New York, I think. Um, I and one of the things... You know, I, I broke down. I was I was on you know TV earlier this morning, and I was like, "Look, a studio apartment in Manhattan is thirty three hundred dollars on average. That's that's what it costs to get a studio apartment in Manhattan. Um, that's roughly forty thousand dollars a year um, to pay for a studio apartment. Right. Now, when you look at fifteen dollars an hour, it's about thirty one thousand five hundred dollars a year. So you are short." about $8,000 there. Yeah. Uh, so all the people, and I, and I said this, I was like, all you conservatives out there who say America will never be a socialist country, apparently you want to subsidize as taxpayers hmm. that other $8,000, including subsidize their food and all of that. And when all that rhetoric was about letting the market decide, instead you're saying, no, let's let, not let the market decide. Let's just subsidize it. Right. Um, when instead of making companies like, you know, Walmart and others pay their fair share. And so my whole thing is, you know, a, sing a single mom of two or, you know, two kids, let's say, sh in New York City should be able, like my grandmother, who was a single mom of three in right. New York City, in Manhattan, she should be able to get in a, a, a studio apartment with her kids, you know what I mean? And not mm -hmm. have to go on the public charge and get, you know, uh, subsidized housing, which my grandmother had to get for a while until she was able to buy her own home um, and, you know, not have to get food stamps and all of that. We should, if you're a hardworking person that can, uh, that can work full time, you should get a living wage. That's it. Um, and $15 an hour was great because it was a great improvement. But as we've seen with with uh, inflation and at my job, we get what's called COLA, which is a cost of living cost of adjustment. Living adjustment. I think, why don't we give that to low wage workers? If I get it as a middle class person, why can't a low wage person, you know, like many of my friends and family members, why can't they get a cost of living? I know, I know, I know, because low wage people don't vote in high enough numbers to make that the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, and it's, it's a problem. And again, they're trying to do everything to depress wages. We see that they're trying to get rid of unions. Again, Florida. This guy could be president of the United States. I want all your viewers. I know your viewers are probably people who are pretty diligent about voting. But understand, if DeSantis somehow pulls it out over Trump, which he's not going to, to be honest. But let's not I've been year. wrong before. <laughs> you know, I was wrong about Trump the first time. So Maybe I'm wrong about DeSantis. Maybe he has some some charisma hidden somewhere and he's going to pull it out at the right moment and he's going to pull ahead of, tr of Trump 
and then he somehow is going to get Biden to run for his money. What we have to do is get out and vote. You know what I mean? That's it. Like, cannot let somebody who's going to get rid of unions. He's getting rid of unions in Florida. He's doing all of these things uh, that are damaging, and you know he's making it so that everybody can carry a gun. You know, yep. it, it's one thing. I I don't carry. And I'll tell you this, the police chief around my way after all the threats I used to get when I was a fox, he called me out of nowhere and was like, yeah, I think you should carry. <laughs> he was wow. like, I want you to carry. He's like, for your own safety, you, you need to carry. He's like, I'll get a pistol, my pistol guy to train you and all that. I was like, yeah, I don't want to carry. But um, and I get a lot fewer threats now that I'm not on Fox. Um, of course. But, I know how it is. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 so right now, someone's having that very conversation with Alvin Bragg. Uh, before I let you go, Dr. Nichols, really quick, let me ask you the same thing I asked Professor Brechneider in the last hour. In spite of uh, whatever happiness this might spark in people at the news of this indictment, you don't think Donald Trump's ever going to see the inside of a jail cell, do you? No, no. I've talked to a couple of attorneys. Uh, they've all said, don't expect him to be in an orange jumpsuit. Uh, particularly with this case, um, Georgia is going to be different. But again, they're going to do, you know, kind of like uh, what uh, they're doing, you know, what Netanyahu tried in, in, in Israel to cook mm-hmm. the courts and, and pick, you know, uh, where they're trying to pick judges over there, over here. And, and by the way, shout out to the Israeli people for saying we're not having it. What um, an incredible feat of just solidarity against injustice. It was just so inspiring. Absolutely. No, shout, shout out. They, you know, uh, the Israeli people, not the Israeli government, but the Israeli people, Israeli people stood up and said no. Because, by the way, in Israel, they don't have a constitution, which is really interesting. I, did, I didn't know that earlier. Um, it all depends on the Neset. And the Neset is controlled by the Lahud. And uh, Bibi Netanyahu was like, Hey, you know, why don't we just pick judges so that I don't get, you know, charged with <laughs> corruption it. or That's I don't it. I don't go to jail for corruption. They try. They're trying to do that in Georgia. They're going to try and remove Fonnie Willis. Yeah. Uh, from that they're going to try and, you know, spy on whatever evidence she has so they can, you know, throw things out or do whatever it is, you know, nefarious things that they're going to do. You're right. You're um, right. It's going to be up to us to make sure. And they're trying to. And in taking Fonnie Willis out, they're trying to take your vote away. They're trying to take the votes of black people, particularly in Fulton County. They're trying to take their votes away. That's what January 6th was all about, taking away the votes of black people in Pennsylvania and Arizona. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if if there's one parting message that I'd like to give your view to your listeners, uh, please, you have to get out there and vote. And if they try to take your vote, the way they're going to do with Fonnie Willis, who has the most serious charges that potentially could see Donald Trump in real trouble. I don't think he's ever going to see the inside of a jail cell, but it's possible in that case. Um, I think we need to we need to let our voices be known and 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 yeah. take the Israeli people as an example of what happens when you mess with democracy and you mess with our exactly. votes. If our ancestors could go there, black and and white could go there and and march in Selma because they wanted voting rights. Don't let somebody come, some bureaucrat or some elected official in another area come and steal your voting rights. We got to either, you know, we got to make our voices heard 
And if need be, we've got to hit the streets and let them know. Dr. Jason Nichols, it's always such a great pleasure to have you on our show. What is the best way for our listeners to follow you, sir, and keep up with your work? Okay, well, you can follow me uh, on Twitter. Uh, you know, with Elon Musk's, you know, playground. Uh, you can find me there at Dr. Jason Nichols. That's at D-R-J-A-S-O-N-N-I-C-H-O-L-S. You can find me um, in, you know, I guess the metaverse <laughs> on, on Facebook <laughs> Uh, at Dr. Jason Nichols, or excuse me, at Jason Nichols, PhD. You can also find me um, in my, listen to my podcast, which is called The Working Class Elites. Uh, Give that a listen. And you can also always hear me, I hope, as long as they'll have me, shout out to Chris and Thea, uh, as long as they'll have me uh, (laughs) here with John every Thursday uh, on TME. Thank you, Doctor. We're, we're very, very honored. And uh, it's always a great pleasure to process the week with you. And as we go to break, we just got this in. A friend of the show, Yusuf Salam, one of the Central Park Five, now called the Exonerated Five. Remember, Donald Trump has never apologized for taking out a full-page ad calling for the death penalty of the Central Park Five, even after their exoneration. He's now a New York City Council candidate. He's wrote a great memoir. He's been in our show. He just issued a one-word statement following the Trump indictment. And the word is... Karma. That's it. (laughs) Jason, thank you so much. 